What if this challenge that's right in front of you is the greatest thing to ever happen to your life? What if it's a gift? How could that be true? Why don't you question that and see what kind of answers you come up with? The theme that we talk a lot about on this podcast is purpose and finding purpose, building purpose, establishing your identity and what it takes to be the best version of yourself. And usually there's a trail of evidence that's accustomed with establishing that purpose. And this individual is someone who lives up to that definition. With multi-million dollar companies, eight, nine figure different companies that he has established himself as an entrepreneur and an individual and a soon-to-be author, a father, a husband, an athlete, and so, so much more. I'm so excited to introduce my new friend, Mr. Marcus Collias. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm doing so great. You nailed the name, by the way, and uh, <laughs> so grateful for that introduction. I'm grateful to be here. Really excited about our conversation. Me too, man. I think you're up to some really awesome, genuine, and sincere, just like we were talking about before we got on the mic, some, some genuine goals to make the world a better place, and I try to surround myself with people like our mutual friends. And it's, it's great to be here with you. So I'm going to start off by asking you, you know, we were talking about family before we got on. So I think that's a very opportune place to start. What does it mean to you to be a father and a husband? Mm. Mm. So I think the biggest, most important role that I play, you know, it's the business stuff. That's great. But man, my woman, she needs a man. She needs a real man in her life. And a real man is, uh, that's, a, that's a big role that a lot of people are not willing to play. And my two little girls, they need a real man as a father. They need that father to be there, show up, show up with intention, show up ready to put in the hard work. Man, that is, that is some hard work sometimes. All you fathers out there, I have so much respect for you, so much mercy. We, we go through a ton, but man, you gotta, you gotta play a bigger game every single day. You got to show up for those kids. So yeah, for me growing up, I didn't have a father in my life. And unfortunately, my mother uh, had to go back to school full time and work full time. So my, what I got to see out of parents was not what I wanted to emulate. And, and I don't want to sound like I'm talking bad about either of my parents. I love them for the role that they played in my life. But I decided at a young age that I was going to be there for my kids all the way. So I love it. I love the relationship I have with my kids. And I love knowing that they are going to accomplish so many amazing things and truly radically change this world. And I get to be front row. I get to be cheering them on the loudest. I will take no credit for it, but they'll hear my voice cheering the loudest for them. And that's such a special reality to bring to fruition, especially after having been through a dynamic where you felt like there was room for improvement mm. and to learn from those lessons and then be what you believe you needed. At least that's what it sounds like. Yeah, you're and, absolutely And I think where I'd like to go next is this concept of balance. You know, you, you've got some very unique qualifications. You've accomplished quite a lot, and we can run through those accomplishments. You've started multiple businesses that, you know, range from a supplement company, uh, life coaching business, and a Guinness Book World of a Guinness. I'm not going to stumble record. on my words. <laughs> a Guinness World Record for the 
largest attendance for a financial literacy conference, I believe. No, so just for clarity, <laughs> I can take so little, if any, credit for it. Uh, I got invited to speak on this beautiful panel of speakers for financial literacy, and it was mostly directed at teens. And it was overwhelming how many teens showed up to this thing. It was so beautiful. Teens and their parents on this thing, and just this incredible group of speakers. I just happened to tag along with those guys, got to speak on this thing, and it set a world record. So, yeah, they, they were like, hey, we're, we're sending your Guinness world record plaque in the mail. I'm like, what? So I, it's just part of this amazing and exciting journey that I've got to be on, yeah. So along with all of that, you still manage to show up as a father and a husband. And I think the theme that I'm exploring, and I'm partial because I'm a newly minted girl dad, is understanding this concept of balance. Some people, you know, this individual, uh, Scott O'Neill, former CEO of the New Jersey Devils and Philadelphia 76ers, he'll be coming on the show in the coming weeks, talks about how balance doesn't exist and that, in fact, what we're after is this concept of presence. And presence is something we also talk a lot about on this show. So I'm curious your take as someone who has established himself in the entrepreneurship space and obviously as a presence in his personal life as a family man, is there such a thing as balance? I love the question and I love talking about this. I'm going to ask you a question first. Would you agree that the majority of us are looking at it the wrong way? Like balance (laughs) might not exist or at least the way we're trying to establish balance is not working. Would you agree with that? A thousand percent. Yeah. So I have an argument that we just got it wrong. I don't know where we picked it up. I know it's not about blaming anybody, but what if we just had this thing just absolutely upside down? So what if we decided instead to focus on the things most important to us? And if it's that family, you want to be there for your, for your kids, for your wife, what if we focused on that first and through that, we had enough love and energy in us to go absolutely dominate the business world or whatever you do. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. Just you go dominate your position in this world. And let me tell you a few reasons why this works. And I'm living proof. Uh, and, and many of the people who I spend my time with are living proof of this. If you know that, hey, business is actually most important to me. Like if we're being honest, okay, business is most important to me. And my, my kids and my wife are going to have to suffer. If they don't get much time with me, well, I'm working for them. We've all heard that before. We've probably all said it before. So if business comes first and if business needs 90 hours, it needs 90 hours. Okay. Well, that's how most people do it. I do it differently. I involved my wife in that decision. What kind of life would you like to live? How many hours are you comfortable with me being in business? So I think it's going to require a minimum 50 hours a week, but there's going to be weeks that are bigger weeks. What do you think of this? And we came to an agreement. And what's beautiful about that conversation is now she's on board. Like you asked for her opinion. Now it's not a daily struggle of like, oh, I was an hour late. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's on board. And we have this open communication. Of course, there's going to be times, and we had that discussion too, that I'm going to be 60, 70, 80 hours. But we agreed that that could only happen for about two weeks at a time at the most. And then what are you going to do to make it up, essentially? 
And now what's a beautiful thing is our brains go, okay, we have this much time and this much space to work within to make it big. Then we think smarter as opposed to just thinking like everybody else, which is, I'll just put in more hours. Nope, that's off the table. That's, that's one option that's not on the table. You have to do it within this. Now your brain just goes, okay, I'll figure it out. And you, you work smarter, not harder. That's, that's some key stuff right there. So within this box, within these limits, you have to figure out how to do everything you want to do. And it's amazing how brilliant our brains are, and we are not using them even 1% of how we should be. I think that's a very wholesome approach. I think that's one that involves communication, one that welcomes insight from people that you care about, and obviously setting boundaries is super key. Recognizing what the person who you're going to spend 90 to 100% of your time with actually feels about the way you spend your time because it matters to them because that's the type of person that you're going to be if you're bringing work home from work. I mean, I'm a former criminal prosecutor, so at the time I was single, but you can imagine that the compartmentalization aspect is very difficult. And so I've, I've brought on former colleagues and judges and, and uh, chiefs, prosecutors, and executive assistants to talk about this concept of compartmentalization. How do you manage the emotional component? How do you manage your mindset and your feelings in these high-octane environments? And compartmentalization usually comes up. But presence, I find, has been the antidote to a lot of my, you know, we'll call them secondhand trauma experiences. And because largely my, my experience was in domestic violence. So when it comes to this concept of presence, I'm, I'm curious about your take. How has presence played a role in your life, if at all? I'd say it's played a major role. I mean, I don't know how we could avoid thinking about presence as being a major, major role in our life. Like we, we have to show up. And uh, I, I think the word intentional is so beautifully correlated with presence because if you're not being intentional with this stuff, are you really showing up? Are, is your presence really there? And so I'm such an intentional guy with my time. And if I'm going to be here for only one hour, I'm going to give you my full hour. I'm going to give you all of me for that hour. And when I've heard other people speak of other people this way of saying, you know, one of your gifts is that when we're here together, I feel like the only person on the planet. That's a, that's a beautiful compliment. And I internalize that. I'm like, I want people to say that about me. So I work really hard when I'm somewhere. I'm, I'm all the way in. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys who's like, what if, what if we left our phones in another room? What if we were just here? What if it was just you and me? And let's, let's dive deep. I, I, I had a mentor who said this to me once. He goes, I'm, I'm not much of a snorkeler. I'm a scuba guy. I, I don't like the surface stuff. Let's get deep. And I've so internalized that because I don't like the surface conversations. I'm like, how, how, how deep and how fast can we go? And see, that's where there's real bonds. And will that work with everybody? No. Some people are repelled by that. I'm good with that. I'm being authentically me. I know some people will be like, oh my goodness, I love the way you're speaking. Yes, let's dive deep together. And others are like, what's with this guy? And it's like, that's okay. I don't need to change me and I'm not trying to change you either. You are welcome to find someone who, who meshes better with you. And part of what that energy is that you bring to the table, I think, is what has 
helped you amass such an effective following, a community ranging over 300,000 followers across all your different platforms. And this concept of community versus an audience is actually something that I picked up on from our mutual, I'll call him a friend, whether he likes it or not, Craig Siegel. And shout out, Craig. I love Craig Siegel. (laughs) So this concept is very important to me because in in that conversation that I had with Craig, I learned about the difference. And there there's another individual, you know, I, I know you're big on culture. I know that, you know, that's something that you have a lot of, we'll call it expertise in building. And we could talk about that. But when it comes to building community, what do you think is the catalyst that has allowed you to amass such a effective and what appears to be engaged and loyal community. I'm very grateful for those comments. Thank you. That, that's, that's really beautiful what you're saying. Um, and if what you're saying is true, I'm going to say it's because people know that I come from a place of love. That's, that's who I am. Uh, I'm here to serve and I'm here to love and I'm being authentically me. Uh, and the people who are in my community recognize that are drawn to that. And we don't have room in the community for people who don't like it. And I don't know why people are so scared of removing people from their community. I, I, I have that conversation a lot, like, oh, I'm getting hate on social media or whatever. Why are you keeping hate in your life? Why would you choose to carry that hate with you as a, like a constant reminder of, I'm not good enough? That's bull. You need to remove that. And I, that's one of the things that people love about my community. They know that they're safe here. Do people once in a while come in, leave a hateful comment? Yeah. And then they're blocked immediately. The comments removed. And just for clarity, this is not about uh, discussion. I love discussion. I love arguments. I love like, let me hear the other side of that. Hey, great point. But we all know this is very black and white. We all know where there's respect in that conversation. Like, hey, that was a really good point. But can you help me understand? I've always seen it the other way. Blah, blah, blah. Versus, ah, you dumb fool. That's such bull crap. Here's why you're wrong and stupid and ugly. And it's like, um, I don't need that. And neither do all of my followers, all of my people, all of my community. They know, hey, we're safe from that stuff here. And there's so few places in this world now that's safe from that. So I know when they come into my community, they're like, this is beautiful. And like people actually care about each other, commenting on each other's comments. That's one of my favorite thing to see is watching the community fold on each other. Like, oh my goodness, way to go. You're running a marathon? That's amazing. Hey, Joey, he's running a marathon. Come congratulate him. That's a beautiful thing. Like, look at how you're smiling. You're like, oh yeah, that would be like a fantasy. It's like, I know, right? Because that, that, that kind of community almost doesn't exist anymore. And that's why I'm making it happen more often. I smiled in large part because I know the feeling only in one or two instances that it's happened in my in my content where I'm like, oh my God, people are engaging with one another about this topic that I brought up and it's in a positive light. Yeah. That's the fostering of the community. And that I think is what is so fascinating to me to see how it can be built and how it can be leveraged. And I think also another part that lends itself towards your community is your credibility. And, you know, I alluded to it a few different times. You've built a couple different businesses. 
can you walk the audience and in parentheses community through some of the different experiences that you've shared in building your supplement company and any other meaningful experiences in your career? Sure, absolutely. You know, uh, and thank you. And uh, just so any everybody hears this from me, like, yeah, I'm in a really nice office now. And yeah, I've got good clothes and, and uh, I, I've done some cool things in business. But man, I struggled. I struggled. And listen, I still struggle. I still have crazy crap going on in my life. But what I've learned to do over the years is to compartmentalize and learn that challenges are going to come. We have, we have a decision to make up here. How do you want to look at those challenges? Do you want to look at them as like, oh, can you believe this is happening to me? Why? Why has this happened to me? I've done so much. I deserve better. No. Challenges are our chance to upgrade our lives. That's where we're growing. So what if we were to look at challenges in a positive light? Like, awesome. A new challenge is in front of me. I'm about to upgrade. And think of how much better that is for your health and for your sleep, and for your relationships. So allow me to take you back some years, um, and, and we'll try not to go too You know what? Actually, one of my favorite stories is during COVID. So that's, that's a beauty of a story. Uh, when COVID hit, and we first realized this COVID thing was going to be a real thing, it was uh, March of 2020, my business dropped 70% that month. Seven, zero. There are not a lot of businesses that can sustain 70% loss. Next month, it was still down there. And I'm like, wow. Now, I'm a God-fearing man, and I remember turning to God just going, okay, God, like, you might be taking the business away. You gave it to me. You might be taking it away, and I accept that. But if there's anything I can do, please let me know. And it was horrifying. I remember the day that I made the choice going, you know, people are going to do amazing things during COVID and great business people are going to just do amazing things. And this light bulb moment, I was like, wait, I'm not a bench warmer. I don't sit there just watching great things happen. I do this stuff. And it was that moment. It switched. I came in the very next day, had this meeting with my executives. And I said, guys, things change today. We are growing as of today. In a year from now, we are going to look back and say, this was the greatest thing that ever happened to our business. How can that be true? And we sat there and we came up with ideas. Now, by the way, I had just moved into this beautiful building. It was more than two and a half times the size of my old building. I bought this building. I built this building. I had a massive mortgage on this building. So that added way more stress. And one of the thoughts I said, guys, we have so much space back there get me renters. And you looked at them, they're like, everybody's going out of business. Have you not heard? Everyone's going out of business. And I went, that's such bullcrap. That's such small-minded thinking. You're telling me Purell? You're telling me anybody who sells Kleenex or toilet paper is not needing warehouse space right now? The very next day, I'm not even exaggerating, 24 hours later, we had our first warehouse client and they were paying $7,000 a month for a hundred and some odd pallets. It's probiotic gum. I didn't know that existed. But because we had the open mind to go look for it, we put out the feelers within 24 hours. That shows you how desperate somebody was for warehouse space. And then it kept growing and growing. And now, oh my goodness, oh, this could be a great thing. And so one of the things I always encourage people, especially if you're a small businessman, but not even just small business person, 
anybody who's in doing anything and they're facing a challenge, what if this challenge that's right in front of you is the greatest thing to ever happen to your life? What if it's a gift? How could that be true? Why don't you question that and see what kind of answers you come up with? This episode is brought to you by Slate Milk. Slate Milk is a protein chocolate drink that gives you all the necessary energy after you have finished a hard training session or also serves as an awesome snack, whether it's hot or cold. I commute two hours a day to my job. And every single day after I train, I'm looking for a quick snack or post-workout drink that I don't have to spend time making. So I go into my fridge, I take out my slate, and I hit the road as fast as I can and enjoy my drink on the way to work. That's the way that I personally like to enjoy it because there's so many different flavors. So in the morning, the mocha flavor with the caffeine definitely hits. I can also recommend you check out their other flavors. It is a phenomenal brand. They are the number one partner of the UFC. You can actually go to their website, slatemilk.com, type in the code INSPIRED for 10% off your first order. So go ahead, type in the code INSPIRED at slatemilk.com to get 10% off your first order today. This episode is brought to you by Promix. Promix is an energy supplement brand that provides a whole plethora of different products from protein cereal bars to protein shakes, probiotic, prebiotic, deep low products, along with electrolytes, and the list goes on. Promix is the supplement that I go to for all of my health needs. It has been a game changer for me over the last few months. After the 1000 pull-up challenge, my immune system was compromised in ways that were super uncomfortable. I kept getting sick and I knew I needed to level up my game. I didn't place enough value on supplements, but I do now. I spent some time, I did my research, and Promix is the brand that I decided to work with because my immune system is finally in check. So go check out Promix.com and type in the code inside the inspired to get 20% off your first order today. That's right. Go to Promix.com to get 20% off your first order today with the code inside the inspired. It's a lot of momentum building. It's a lot of trust. It's a lot of thinking outside the box and forcing people to be uncomfortable as cliche as it sounds. Something that I like to do, I find where my skill set is, is particularly on this podcast and I do my best to do it is to distill the individual's experience into actionable steps mm. and to listen to your strategies and how you pushed your team. I think that's going to slowly bleed into the next topic of culture. Mm. So what was the culture at the time? And then what was the culture that you slowly found your business evolving into? It sounds like there was a bit of a shift. How did you go about delivering that? Oh, it was a massive shift. I'm, and now I'm really glad I brought up COVID. Actually, when you were bringing up the question, I was like, frick, I shouldn't have brought up COVID. But you know what? It actually turns out to be such a great story. The culture was a freaking mess. Because don't forget, people's brains are like, hey, am I about to die? Like, what, what even is this thing? So, and now the government, by the way, I'm from Canada. And if you didn't know this, we had it like a billion times worse than anyone. Like they, the lockdowns were insane. I was literally having meetings every hour about the new government regulations that just came out this hour. It was insane. And so this is my staff has seen this and I'm like, what is happening? Okay, guys, another meeting. Here's the new changes. 
And so, and people aren't allowed to see their family and babies are being born. You can't go see no more grandparents, all this stuff. And also, hey, don't, don't go, go near each other. What's happening here? And, and essentially I'm going, am I liable for this? And our government's basically saying, oh yeah, if your business is not doing this, we're going to come shut you down. We actually know we had businesses near us, people we knew who the government came in and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's three cases of, of uh, COVID here. You're shut down. And it's like, oh, oh, we can't, we can't do this. So it was so, so it was horrible. It was so tense. Everybody was losing. But after that change, of course, all the other beautiful things came back to me. I'm like, I don't want to work in that environment. And why would they want to work in this environment? In fact, now is the best opportunity ever to show them how awesome of a business we are. And I started having games nights in the warehouse where we were all distanced from each other. And we got to actually have some community. People were like, are we allowed to do this? I'm like, I don't care if we're allowed to or not. I'm not having everybody lose their minds, including myself. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to have our six feet in between us. So if, if the authorities want to come in, like you have to be a real jerk to shut us down right now. We're trying to stay sane. But we started to just love it. And we grew deep connections because you weren't allowed to connect with anyone else. So again, looking at it, it turned into the best opportunity and people were so much happier. And then they were, you should have heard the reviews that they're telling their friends and their friends going, what? That's happening at your work? At my work, they're shutting us down. They're sending us home. They're doing this. We're not being paid. And we were starting to do better and better. And by the way, the end result. So that was our only year in business ever that we went down. The very next year, we set a new sales record. And then the year after 2022, we set another sales record. So it, it just, it went so beautifully. So COVID ended up being a phenomenal thing. Now, I also want to say this. It doesn't mean that I, 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 I'm happy that COVID happened. I'm not. I, I wish it never happened. You don't have to be happy with something that happened to you to just accept it. But the acceptance is so important because once you accept something, then you can strategize to go, how can I use this to my benefit? I love that last part. How can I use this to my benefit? That's leveraging your lack of fulfillment or leveraging your challenge into fuel to parlay it into the next opportunity. And yes. I feel like people get so distracted by the challenge. They let it consume them and, you know, victimize themselves as you were outlining earlier instead of using it as a platform for growth. And I really do my best with my written word and my spoken word and speaking to individuals like you to promote this message of it's okay to fail. Yes. In fact, in, in as you know, in fitness, it's all about failing quickly. It's all about failing as fast as you can <laughs> and getting to that point of failure, not every day because you have to recover etc right like let's just normalize the statement for a second the principle of failing quickly and the faster you fail the quicker you learn and so i'm i'm curious you're shifting into this portion of your career where now you're sharing the insights and lessons that you've gleaned from your years of entrepreneurship and play a bigger game. You have a new book coming next year. Your business is formally launching in the new year. What can people expect? What can people hope to 
achieve as being a part of what you bring to the table? Thank you, brother. You might have noticed, I light up when I even hear people talking about it, when I've got the opportunity to talk about it. I've been called to this business my whole life, and I'm so excited. So playabiggergame.com is a community for anybody who feels like they should be playing a bigger game in life. If you're like, I know there's more for me to give. I've been blessed with talents that aren't being used. I know there's more for me. Come to my community. That's what this community is for. These people who want to see you achieve. Surround yourself with bigger thinkers that help you go, yeah, you absolutely can be playing a bigger game. I am so 100% certain that everybody can be playing a bigger game, by the way. I am so confident in that answer. I think humanity, I just think we haven't unlocked anything in our brains yet. I don't know if we've got 1% of 1% of 1% unlocked. And I am including in there people like Elon Musk whose brain is a trillion times more brilliant than the average person. I think he'd admit, he's like, I'm probably 1% of 1%. We can all be playing a bigger game. And when you have that mentality, then you're open to growth. And this is what this community is about. It's not just about helping you grow. So educating you, having group calls where we're all supporting each other, keeping each other accountable, lifting each other up, helping each other tackle the big problems. But then there's also things like masterminds and coaching and mentoring, talking to people who've done it before you, people who are modeling it for you. You can learn what they've had to take 10 or 20 or 30 years to learn. They can distill it down and you can cram that into a year. Think of how far you can go. But all you have to do is swallow your pride to go, I'm not perfect. And by the way, I'm not perfect. I'm in there to learn. I've got some already brilliant people I've surrounded myself with that I'm learning from every single day. There is so much to learn about so many things. And this is the community to lift you up and get you there. I love that. The idea of maximum proficiency in the least amount of time. Yes. This way people can achieve their dream outcome as fast as possible, yeah. as effectively as possible. Yes. So in that same light, Say someone comes to you, they're like, Marcus, I'm not feeling that fulfillment. I'm not feeling that energy that you keep talking about. Why? Where do I start? How do I get to the next level? How do I play a bigger game? Oh, I love that. By the way, fulfillment, energy, I mean, these are my words, man. And this is what this community is about. It's showing up. Just show up. You don't have to have any more answers than that. That like I'm being called to show up. I think there's listeners right now. I know there's listeners right now who are like, I'd kind of like to plug into Marcus's energy each day. That's awesome. That's what that's for. Just come, just plug in. You will find a group of people who all want the same thing. We all want to see each other lifted up. And one of the first things that I point people to do, and this is my, one of my most important jobs as a leader within this community, is to teach everybody, if you're not serving If you're not giving back, if you're not helping someone else, you're not doing what you should be doing. You're not playing the game you should be playing. Because otherwise, we're so inward focused and we're taught to be so inward focused. It's me, me, me. How do I feel? I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling tired. Did I sleep well enough? What did that mean when the person looked at me that way? What about that comment that was made about me? As soon as you start serving others, you have no time and no room for all that other me, me, me stuff. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow. That person has it a little bit worse. And you know what? I think I can help them. 
If I can help them, if I can give some extra love, some encouragement, some support, and some wisdom, you won't believe how much that does for you. So that's what this community is about. You just show up, you start loving, you start getting love, you lift each other up, we take part in things, we have a beautiful community, we give back so much. There are so many things I'm excited about with the giving back. One of the partnerships I'm just working on right now, by the time this launches, I'm, I, I think it's going to be there. We're working with a company uh, It's called IJM. It, it saves people from human trafficking. I think that is one of the most beautiful, beautiful things you can do. And we are going to personally sponsor these raids. Like we are going to have a, a running clock on our website of how many people we've pulled out of the sex trade. And I love that. We are part of the solution, and I think that's just a beautiful cause. That's something I obviously align with for many different reasons, as I outlined previously in the podcast. So that's immense to hear that people are taking, like yourself, are taking a proactive approach and making sure that you're not just making an impact on an individual level, but on a societal level, right? Yes. Speaking to the individual and in turn the collective. And it looks like you're taking this psychological war on on multiple fronts attacking it on multiple fronts and doing your best to make an impact thank you brother thank you i'm very uh, of course i'm also curious i mean we've also talked a bit about fitness let's just spend a couple minutes on it because i think it plays a special role in each of our lives yeah absolutely I'm a big serve yourself before everyone else type of person. I think that's what helps me be the best version of myself, as cliche as that sounds. If I can't get my mind right, my body right, that, of course, requires me to wake up earlier than, you know, other people in my life or, you know, just make a bit more of a sacrifice on on that front. Obviously, sleep's important, but again, let's normalize statements for the people that are out there that, you know, balancing two jobs, have the commute and the kids and everything, right? Let's normalize it. So... What is the role that fitness plays in your life? And are you someone that serves yourself first? Bro, I, first of all, I want to say I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for getting to the place where you're at because I think very few people do. I absolutely serve myself first. Thank you. It's, it's like being on the airplane. You've got to put your own mask on or else you can't. You're already passed out even before you got the, before you got the mask on your, the person next to you. This is what fitness is. I don't know why it's become this thing like, oh, that's like a luxury. That is such bull crap. That is such bull crap. You got to get your fitness. You got to focus on your health. Get your workouts in early. Get it into your non-negotiables. That's how I start my day every day. I have to have my fitness. Why? Because if I don't get my workout in, I can't show up in the world how I need to show up how my wife and my children need me to show up, how the people I'm serving need me to show up. My energy will fail. My health will fail. If I'm in the hospital or if I'm sick in bed, I'm not showing up to the world the way the world needs Marcus to show up. So it is being selfish to not do that. You hear that? You're being selfish if you're not focusing on your own health. Here's one of the key reasons why. Not only are you depriving the world of the person that we need out of you, but also you are going to fail bad in your health later on in years. And guess who has to pick up that slack? It's your kids. It's your neighbors. It's the taxpayer. That's selfish. 
Get yourself walking around the block. Just get moving, people. This is not about like, oh, not everyone has to have six-pack abs. No, they don't. Not at all. That's not what we're talking about. If that's what you heard, that was your filter putting on there. Just get out and go for some exercise. Get some, get some fresh air. Get somewhere. Go somewhere where there's woods. Get somewhere where there's nature. Oh, my goodness. Take off your shoes once in a while outside. Get grounded. I went on a tangent. I'm sorry. I get a little bit excited. <laughs> but that's the point, right? That's, that's the idea to instill that value, that value of building your health and in turn your wealth. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, and it's so difficult to figure out what person or individual has the right hierarchy of information and is it caloric deficit is it keto is it you know fasting is and, and there's so many different things and then you hear oh do what works for you and then it's well i'm not disciplined and where do i start right so it, people can just kind of spiral out into this excuse treadmill that just doesn't stop i don't think i've ever used that word before excuse oh, treadmill i love it place. oh it works brother it's <laughs> right off like some sort of treadmill of excuses Hey, listen, I, I got one more thought that I want to give to people. Please. What if I told you you actually did already have the answers? I really do believe people have the answers. And I know there's so much misinformation. No, Marcus, I don't even know where. I think you do. Tell me, tell me just at the bare basics, what do you think is right? Do you think going for a walk is right? Yeah, that sounds right. Good. You're right. Do you think having... Uh, I won't say the, the, the restaurant's name, fast food. Do you think having fast food every single day is right? No. Having a bag of chips, is that right? No. I'm not saying you can't ever have those things. There's a real distinguishing difference between these two things. It's not having it every day. Like when I was growing up, those things existed, but we knew like society was under the understanding. You don't go to those restaurants. That's a treat like maybe every two weeks or four weeks. I was also poor, so we didn't really get to have it almost ever. But people knew you just, that's, you don't do that every night. But then the marketing started and we're like, no, that's just okay. Come on guys, you know the results. You know what happens with this stuff. You know why cancer is going like this and morbid obesity is going like this. Just, just the little things that you know, just start doing them. Just take a little action and then celebrate it. Even if you're not seeing a difference, it doesn't matter. Just celebrate go, you know what? I'm awesome for going for that walk. Yes, you are. And your brain is going to be so grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, let's get more of that. Let's feel that again tomorrow. Those celebrations are so key. And then block out the other people in your life who are like, yeah, but you're still this and you're still that and your body looks like that. Shut up. If someone's talking to you like that, man, you gotta, you got to stop them from talking to you like that. You need to walk away. And, and come join people like me. I want to be a cheerleader for you. Just come, come hang out with me on social media. If you heard this, come see me on social media. You message me. I promise you I'll get you a message back. I want to be your cheerleader. I want to hold you accountable. I will be the one cheering you on even if you only went for a walk. I think that's amazing. You didn't just go for a walk. You went for a walk. That's freaking awesome. I think that's the energy that people need. I think that is part of what's held people back that they have just put themselves in this echo chamber of whatever society has told us is the answer and like you said we have it upside down and i really do believe that i think that there's a lot of 
distractions in this world. Every right attention's the new oil. Everyone is trying to grab your attention at every single corner and distract you from what really matters, and that's the focus on you. So this way you can serve other people. And I love the message that you're putting out, man. It's it's really awesome to connect with you, learn from you, hear from you, and just bring you on the pod and continue to share that wisdom. I got a couple more questions for you. And thank you for that, Jonathan. I, I appreciate this friendship as well, brother. And I hope we're going to become uh, text buddies. Oh, you know it. And I think we're going to have to train together too at some point. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> See if we could keep up with one another. <laughs> Some, something tells me we can. <laughs> so Tony Robbins, David Meltzer, Craig Siegel, a few other influential names. What's it like to be in a situation where your network continues to grow and how would you advise people to start building their network? Beautiful. Uh, amazing men that you just mentioned. Uh, my mentors, my friends, uh, no better people to spend my time with. Just keeping, keeping me thinking bigger and, um, and pushing me to become the man that they know I should be. They know I, this, this world needs me to be. So I have so much respect and love for those guys. Really easy to get started, people. Show up. Show up to an event. These, those names, including myself, I go to these events constantly. These guys are going to events constantly. I can go onto, uh, onto Craig Siegel's page right now and see he's at freaking 25 events in the next 25 days. Uh, David Meltzer, that's one of the hardest working men on the freaking planet. Tony Robbins, just show up. I'm going to be at Date with Destiny in December, by the way, uh, which might be too late by the time this thing comes out, but just show up to one of these things and be open to meeting people. You won't believe how quickly your mind is going to open up and go, wow, I've been playing such a small game. I've been spending time with the wrong people. And I don't mean the wrong people like, ah, oh, you're with losers. No, but like, if you want growth, you need to spend time with people who are growth-minded. That's why I go to these events and I go to learn constantly. Like I'm just open to learning. When I get, when I get contracted to come and speak at these things, I go through the whole thing. I love sitting in the audience. I love being front row. I'm cheering the loudest because I, I want to encourage the speaker, but I also want to take in as much as I can. Everybody's got a different perspective on things and everything will help you see the world in a slightly different way. Beautifully said. I think that's one of the key aspects of understanding human nature in general it's that aspect of who you surround yourself with mm, and choosing yes. who you surround yourself with yes. and auditing those people on a regular basis so yes. you don't have the wrong people in your life that you're surrounded with yes i'm such a huge believer in we are the average of the five people we spend the most mm. time with. if you guys have never heard that really think about it it's so true you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with and most high achievers that I come across go, Marcus, if I'm being honest, I'm the only one bringing my average up. Like I'm the high achiever. And it's like, I, I feel you. I went through that for so many years. And it's not that you have to now boot everybody else out of your life. But if you want a five who's going to lift you up, come borrow my five. Come spend time with me. I will help lift you up. I promise you. And I even have a course that I'm developing on choosing your five. Oh, wow. Yeah. So on that note, there's a final question that I ask all of my guests that I'm now going to pose to you. 
if the future version of yourself from 10 years from now mm. were to fly in, assuming he's in that ideal spot, and offer you some advice in order to get there, yes. what do you think he would say to you? Oh, man, I think it's really easy. Serve more. Spend more time with people you think are amazing. Honestly, it's that simple. The more time I spend around those people that you talk about and the other people that are surrounding me who are truly amazing people, not I have to work really hard to figure it out if this person's amazing or not. No, like spend time with the amazing people. You have people in your life who are you're like, that person is legit amazing. Spend more time with them. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to rub off on you. That's a beautiful thing. So the more time I spend in those groups, the more I come home and I'm a way better father. I'm a way better husband. I am a better human being by being around better human beings who are lifting me up, who are challenging me, who are keeping me accountable. And don't stop learning. If you ever stop learning, you are dying. If you think you know too much or know enough, that's your pride. You've got to shut that thing up. You've got to swallow that. You have to be open. I don't know it all. I'm not perfect. I'm so far from it. I'm so early on this journey. The more I learn, the more I realize I know nothing. I don't know 1% of 1% of 1% of 1%. That's why I show up every day going, I better do some freaking learning before I go. And the more I learn, the more I'm able to share with people. And I don't mean share on social media. I mean like really share like, hey, I actually learned this. Sounds like what you're going through right now. I'd love to be able to help. When you get to impart that kind of love and wisdom into somebody else, man, that feels amazing. Why are we not all chasing that? I don't know. But everyone in my circle who is chasing that lives that kind of fulfillment every single day. Marcus, I've had an awesome time hanging out with you. This has been really great. I think the audience is going to get so much value out of this conversation. You brought a lot of insights. I hope everyone in my community, my audience, goes to check out what Marcus has to offer. Marcus, please let the audience know where everyone can keep up with your journey. Oh, thank you, brother. Uh, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I that sounds really gross to admit. <laughs> uh, come see me on Instagram, everybody. I pour, I pour out my love to people every single day on there. Um, Playbiggergame.com. Uh, here's, here's, here's something fun for your audience. And this is the first time I'm actually announcing this. When Playbiggergame.com gets launched, which is probably January, I'm really shooting for January 1st, but please give me mercy if it doesn't land on that day. I'm going to give away $1,000 every week for the first 10 weeks just randomly on one of our group calls. Just wow. if people are in our community and they're showing up to the calls, I'm just going to randomly give, be giving that out. And in January, February, and March, I'm going to give away a trip for two each month to LA to come spend time with me at my book wow. launch, which will be one of the greatest days. I've already seen it. I've visualized it. It's, a, it's in my top three days of my entire life. This is going to be a growth day. If this stuff impacted you, if you liked what Jonathan and I were talking about, then you want to be in that audience. It's going to be late March, early April. I haven't got the exact date, but I'm giving away trips for that as well. Just come hang out with me at playbiggergame.com. Marcus, I'm so amped for everything you got coming, man. And I can't wait to have you back on. So this way we could promote the book even more and the audience could continue to follow this journey. Keep it up, man. We're all proud of you. I, I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for the way you're pouring your wisdom into the audience, your time, 
Man, you are doing so much for people, and uh, I'm just so grateful for you. God bless you, brother. Thank you, man. Likewise. Thank you.